Dan can't wait to announce Alan's fourth secret identity form, Clown Girl. It's a made-up fact, but it may just be true. Welcome to Moperville Monthly. There be spoilers here. I am your host Maplestrip, and today I am joined by Lyric Hartwell. <laughs> I uh, I kind of run out of uh, really good intros now, but uh, I'm really proud of this one. Yeah, I um, I was actually thinking about doing like a Homestuck reference, but that this is the closest I got. I I uh, have to be very careful not to turn this podcast into a Homestuck podcast by accident. Luck. Luckily, I feel like most of the people I'm recording with aren't actually that interested in Homestuck, so... <laughs> that is true. Um, our actual subject, of course, is Elguna Shive. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I did first find out about you through Homestuck, I think. Uh, because some Homestuck Twitter, I guess. But at some point, you suddenly started uh, live-tweeting Elkin Shive. So, how in the world did that happen? Accurate. You uh, really enjoyed it. Big fan of it. Oh, that's uh, that's very good to hear because um, so am I. <laughs> and uh, you've done a lot of live tweeting since with uh, goodbye to Halas, uh, Rain, and what was the last one you were doing? Oh yeah. You. Uh, you, I think you run into some kind of holy trinity or unholy trinity here, but I'm. That is one of the many reasons why I'm so interested in webcomics in general, because they tend to be very gay, uh, have a lot of furries in them. <laughs> and Oh damn, that it's missing out. 
Yeah, uh, I've been really enjoying your live tweets. I've actually started doing one of my own as well. I'm not sure if you even run into it because I actually created. Uh... Yeah, that's easy to miss then. How how can you follow that many people on Twitter? I just can't do that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're enjoying Twitter. I'm enjoying Twitter. In large part through your live tweets, I suppose, but also a lot of other stuff. <sighs> Well, you did get me to reread El Gunnishaif in a very opportune moment, so. And reread Rain right now, and read Goodbye to Halos finally, which also has been on my. It's so nice, it's so cozy. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mac Chiefs and Comic Fury. Those are pretty big webcomic portals, but I. <laughs> I'll. Uh... I'll. I'll. I'll link you to some places where you could probably read it more comfortably because reading webcomics and deviant art is uh, not optimal. Same, same. Uh, mostly because I don't want to uh, check up on the, like 3000 notifications I got on there. <laughs> that that does not sound like something you would enjoy, no. <laughs> hmm. And then you decided to read Elguna Shaif. A weird experience. Uh, yeah, especially in some of the NP story arcs. 
the Elgudi Shive is uh, very interesting in how it handles um, its more fetish aspects, especially because of how Dan uh, feels about it all. He, he also he also kind of feels uncomfortable with it, but also wants to express it. Oh yeah, that is also true. So since our last episode, uh, only like five pages have come out because I'm not really doing this monthly thing very well. <laughs> so since then, uh, we had Diane and Ted meeting, um, which already kind of happened. They finally got a mirror in the basement, which is uh, also good, I guess. Uh, and Diane did her first spell, the blonde hair spell, where Dan accidentally used perfect Latin. <laughs> it has been so amusing how everyone was like, oh, we... We do need to be careful about Ashley. We don't want to weird Ashley out with all of her. Yeah, we we should we should be slow with our transformations. <laughs> Ashley is Ashley is such a treasure. How do you feel about her uh, transformation fetishes, though? So you don't exactly have a lot of interest in seeing it, yes. <laughs> Even in non-canon, she's just always being very careful about how other people feel.
Yeah, that that was actually one of the things that like one of our listeners brought up. Uh, second person plural was talking about how, uh, and I'll just read the entire thing here because why not? I guess what second person plural was saying was that there were basically two groups reading the webcomic. One group was just queer people looking for interesting queer stories, while the other group was uh, uh, a particular corner of the transformation and transgender fetish community who weren't in general very socially progressive at the time or very supportive of queer people. Today though, it looks like the first group is all that's left. I assume that's because the content of the comic changed as it went on. And as it is now, it no longer holds on to new readers from the group who are mostly interested in the fetish aspect. I'm not I'm not sure how true that is, especially because um, for me, I kind of morphed into the uh, fetish aspect, into the more queer stories. So maybe that's a big reason. Uh, what do you think? Of course. You're talking about homes. One thing that did surprise me when I did the survey of the community a few months back now, I guess, was that uh, I kind of directed this mostly at like queer people because that's how I understood the community as part of the Discord uh, server and 
from what I see there. And there were a lot of people who responded being like, yeah, I mostly read it. I don't actually, I, I'm not actually all that interested to the queer aspect of it, about the LGBT parts of the webcomic. And I'm mostly just reading it as a character study, as the as I've been reading it all along. So people who were always interested in, like, Sarah and Elliot's relationship, I guess. <laughs> or, uh... <laughs> or Nana say in Ellen's relationship might be a bit more. Yeah. Uh, the, that kind of character writing and uh, uh, that kind of drama, but also like the uh, the action aspects of uh, Painted Black with Grace and her brothers and all that kind of stuff has also always been very interested to a large portion of the audience. Oh. No. No, don't say that. I'm sure they'll come back. I want to see all of Grace's siblings and they all just hugging and... Yeah, I mean, I like him. <laughs> he's, he's mostly a silent character, so, like, he's not exactly the most complicated character. <laughs> hmm. um, before we go into some more questions, I just wanted to give some more updates. Um, since the last episode, uh, Second Person Plural, who I just mentioned, uh, created like an Elkunishayf index file. I'm not sure if you've seen this. So it's, um, I want to say Google Doc, but it's actually a separate uh, PDF file, which is just a list of all the fan projects, um, all the community hubs, all the fan art, all this podcast, some projects I do as well, links to all of these places. Yeah. Uh, through it, I also found out that there actually has been a podcast about El Gunnishayf before. The Bunnycast. It was like, it's like 15 years old and all the audio is gone. It's just, we can't find it anymore. It's, uh, the web pages are still saved under the Internet Archive, the Wayback Machine. Uh, we can still read, can still read like a very short descriptions and some titles and some comments on them. Uh, it seems like the episodes weren't very well produced or something like that. There were some audio issues. I mean, this this podcast has zero audio issues, as you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sad. It seems to be gone. Um, yeah, it's it, it is. Really interesting. There were also links to like old uh, websites that El Kunishaf was hosted on, and uh, it was originally part of Keenspot. I'm not sure if you know about that. <laughs> so uh, check out the El Kunishaf index. Uh, it was posted on 
Reddit, on Discord, I'm sure it's also on Facebook, I'm sure it's also on the forum. The entire idea is to just to have one place that links to everything and should help with uh, bringing the community together a bit more. Um, one of the things that might also show up in Index at some point is the Al Gunashai role-playing game, a project I mentioned in that Longel mentioned in episode one, and I didn't know existed, so I kind of said, hey, it doesn't exist. Uh, but apparently there is one, a tabletop role-playing game from El Kudishayf. Uh, it's in production. It's not finished yet, but I'm sure I'll talk about that one later. I know, it's really good. There's also like a Card Against Humanity game for Elkunishaif. Which I kind of want to play at some point, but uh, I think it's also kind of still in production. A lot of these things are only now really getting done because I guess the community is getting more active. That would be so great. Um... 2005 or something, I would think. Yeah, like uh, Grace's birthday party. Um, I kind of think so. Um, that's or that's or like 2016. Oh, that's a good idea. I would open my web browser, but I don't want to create even more audio issues. <laughs> well, I think my laptop would turn into a helicopter if I did that. Oh wow, I guessed correctly. Okay, that's actually kind of uh, amusing. Screenshot. Oh wow, it really did peak in 2005 and has been a downward slope ever since. A slight peak in October 2008, October, November. Yeah, I figured uh, Squirrel Profits when. Uh, one of the most important pages in the entire webcomic came out would have resulted in a peak, but not much, I guess. There's a... Hmm. Well, let's try to get this graph back up, I guess. The last news bit I would like to add is uh, how uh, Dan actually joined the Discord uh, <laughs> literally yesterday. Yep. Uh, yeah, it is very interesting. Over a hundred people joined the Discord server right after that. So... It has been busy for moderators on the Discord server, let's just say that. I I don't I don't think we can have this podcast without going off topic a lot, which is fine. 
<laughs> it's fine, it's fine. It's, it's a bit older, but yes. Well, there are uh, hundreds of thousands of webcomics. Uh, millions of webcomics, probably. Oh, there are like 10 webcomics. Shall we uh, get into the questions for this episode? So I figured today we'd talk about the experience for a new reader for Elgunishaif. Um, and one of the first questions we got, I'm probably just going to ask these chronologically because we're probably going to go through all of them again because there aren't that many of them. Pongles asked, having read it in a short span, compared to reading it as it is updated. Which character had the biggest change in personality over time? <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> That's true. Uh. Ah, yes, uh, uh, definitely. It's the weird thing that Elkin Shive takes place over the course of, um, at least the story we've seen thus far is over the course of a year or so. And most of these changes did happen in the first few arcs. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how much I changed between 17 and 18, but it's definitely clear that these characters are going through a very uh, good coming-of-age story in this uh, webcomic. Yeah, that's the experience when you have, like, uh, immortal fairy angel characters shitting your entire life up, I guess. <laughs> I think Sarah has uh, quite a bit changing going on with how she uh, how she used to be way more uh, abrasive towards well Elliot and Ted I guess uh, 
She turned into also a very kind person. That's true. <laughs> That's fairly true. Um, I do feel like Sarah has remained the same in a lot of ways. Her her sarcastic tone sometimes, her, her how easily she can handle uh, magical situations. She, she can... Yeah, and Justin definitely does so as well. And in the last episode I talked in depth about how Nanase didn't change much at all. Definitely, yeah, I completely agree. Okay, let's get this very long question done. Joan Bloodworn asks, What do you think about the notion that Dan has since the early 2010s? Essentially removed much of the science fiction elements and either replaced them or explained them away with straight-up fantasy. Uh, the TF gun, for example, and pretty much all of that stuff being more magical in nature than technological. Oh, I agree. That was exactly how it was described in Grace's birthday party. Definitely. Harry Potter had pretty much no gender in it. <laughs> Good. 
That would have been way more interesting, I agree. <laughs> I I can't believe I have to imagine it already exists. <laughs> oh my god, I would love to to see like you live reading uh a fanfic. I agree. I I really feel like I need to read more uh, Mad Science webcomics right now. Because Mad Science is such an aesthetic. It's very safe. can't wait until next month I can talk to someone who's been reading it for much longer than I have. Do you think uh, uh, Urions should become more relevant, just so the mad science becomes more relevant? Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Yes. Yeah, Heika. Uh, whatever. There's there are no canon pronunciations of it. I do have to say that I had a bit of a mad science vibe going on in the uh, building of all the artifacts when Ashley was being attacked by the magpie and by the golem and by the wand, I guess. All of that felt very mad sciencey. 
Nah. Yeah, I get that. This does remind me of this other webcomic called Val and uh, Val and Isaac, which is about a wizard and like a space marine who live together in a spaceship. It is so good. I I like the aesthetic of a science and magic coming together. Yeah, because the entire idea of Ted is basically using the scientific methods to understand magic. Right? Yeah. The second person, plural, asked, where should new readers start reading? And uh, also relatedly, what age should people start reading? But at that point, the issue is that, like, introductions is 10 pages and the goo is, like, 15 pages. And these are all... You're not actually skipping anything. <laughs> yeah, this is... This is a big question, because some people suggest uh, starting to read at, like... Um, uh, bringing Silly back or some arc like that. <laughs> Big disagree. <laughs> oh yeah, Grace's birthday. I completely agree, you shouldn't miss any of this. Um, when I first... When I first read the webcomic, I didn't like Paints Black much. That's a bit of a... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs>
I'm, I'm sure Hatch will come back at some point. Yeah, I'm really interested in seeing how Dan would handle Flavia today. I completely agree with your idea that Ellen or uh, Metaton, I guess, have like a very, a very trans narrative, very... The Undertale character. Of course I know what Undertale is. I happen to be lucky enough to play it when it came out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Felix had one line. <laughs> one line. <laughs> I meant she had one line before she got transformed. Oh. Yes, that I also want. Um, I think the closest we got is like uh, a trans mask character, Sam. Yeah.
Yeah, I completely understand this headcanon. Um, Ted is very important to me because her NB identity was very important to my own uh, understanding of my own gender, really. But I also really do get the headcanon of Ted being uh, transgender, just a, a transgender woman, because she doesn't actually do much as a trans guy, uh, as, as a... As a, as a guy. Yeah. Um, we we, st- we still see him quite often in a male form, but we don't ever see him be particularly... Yeah, exactly. Well, I completely still understand that because I also don't experience any gender euphoria from uh, masculine aspects because I already experience it as much as I do. Um, Yeah, I completely understand. And as well, um, you know, Ashley is completely right about uh, labels. Okay, so another question, which is uh, coming back to a previous episode I did, I think uh, the first episode. Uh, Jean Bloodworn asks, based on a convo elsewhere, if there really was a Super Smash Goons Malay, who would you main? Have you ever played Super Smash Bros? Is Lucas particularly bad in all, uh, uh, frustrating to fight in Ultimate? <laughs> oh, I I know what it's like to uh, spam moves. You have no idea how much I eat her. Hmm. Susan would be a fun character to play. I think I I would definitely play with her as well. Um. I just, I just realized I hadn't considered this question at all myself. So, but I think I, I definitely want to play with like cheerleader. 
Yeah. <sighs> Laser beam eyes. Oh, Superman. Yes, um, let's fight with Google Maps, I guess. I mean, in a in a fighting game, maybe. <laughs> I did just remember, isn't Super Smash Goons Malay the name of an in-universe video game, which is a uh, spoof on Super Smash Bros? Yeah, it had like a electric squirrel and the transgender princess was the name of the character. I've already always had a gender-fluid feel with Zelda and Sheik. I've barely played it myself. I never really got that far at least, but... Oh, it's kind of the same. <laughs> Ah, yes, it's a classic issue. Have you ever played a 2D Zelda game? Ooh. Phantom Hourglass is probably my least favorite Zelda game because... Yeah, I couldn't get through it. He is really good, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's his name. He, he is a good character. There's a lot of good stuff in the game. I uh, I recommend Minish Cap. It is def it's probably the shortest Zelda game, but it's also so good. Uh, maybe some of the older Game Boy games are even shorter. I'm not sure, but it is so pretty. Yeah, I played it on the Virtual Console. And although otherwise would have played it on an emulator because I'm not gonna pay money for a freaking Game Boy game. The only reason. Uh, one of the other less question-like questions I have in here 
Pongles also was talking about how uh, they were surprised that nobody has made a highlight reel of all the initial few arcs to let people jump ahead a bit without losing important details. And I feel like you don't like this idea. Oh. <laughs> True. No, no, no. Yeah, another option would be Night Out, I guess, which is just before Painted Black. Yes. Yeah, I, I hope someone creates this highlight real idea because it's it's a really good idea. And I think that's a wrap. Where can people find you on the internet? I've read about 15 pages of it. I intended to read more, but I didn't have the time for it. It, it seemed nice. I, uh, will, I will definitely read more, so... Yeah, that is really nice. Uh, you can find me on my website, maplestrip.space. I also have uh, all my Elkin and Shive projects as well as this one, the podcast on there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at maplestrip. 
and you can send in questions to my Twitter or on Discord for the next episode. Uh, the next episode is going to feature Zilla. We're going to talk about everyone's favorite character, Ted Ferris. So please send in some questions on uh, Reddit, on Twitter or on Discord uh, about Ted. What do you want us to talk about, etc. This podcast is available on pretty much all podcast apps, except for iTunes and Google Podcasts for some reason. I need to figure out why that's the case. Because I think those may be popular. Uh, but you can get it on Spotify, on CastBox, on a lot of places. The music you're listening to right now is Our Heroes by Sister Parish. That's not Pariah, that's Parish. I said it incorrectly last time, and <laughs> I'm so sorry. And, uh... Another reminder, just, just send in music, send in audio bytes, send in stuff because I want to, you know, play stuff for you. That would be a lot of fun. And that's pretty much everything. Do you have anything left to add? Oh my fucking god. Uh, you ruined this entire podcast. <laughs> uh, I should have known, I should have known. Next episode, zero Homestuck references, I, I promise. No first class. Thank you all very much for listening and. Uh... <laughs>